Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, super excited to have my guest on I have today. Uh, first, I just want to give a shout out to somebody that uh, uh, that I just can't recommend highly enough. Uh, Mike Gibson up in Colorado has got nine Lazy Three knives. They make some of the coolest uh, cowboy knives. Um, they got the one-armed bandit and they got the original pistol grip. Uh, I, I can't recommend it enough. I just want to check them out. Check them out on Instagram at nine lazy three knives and uh, tell them the modern cowboy sent you also if you haven't uh, checked out the modern cowboy performance yet the modern cowboy performance nutrition line we've got the cowboy whey protein we've got the uh, stampede tea which is a testosterone booster and uh, topical cbd so you can check that out at uh, modern cowboy performance on instagram and the website at the cowboyway.com way spelt w-h-e-y like the protein so, hey, today I've got a super cool guest on. I'm really excited to talk to her, Stephanie Griffey. Uh, when I saw her Instagram handle, I thought this has to, there has to be a cool story behind this. It's the, the courtroom cowgirl. So, uh, reached out to her and, and we just uh, took a little while, but we finally got a day pinned down. And uh, so, it's a Saturday morning. We're doing this, actually. So, um, Stephanie, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited about this opportunity. Yeah, well, like I said, when I saw Courtroom Cowgirl, I thought, man, I got to see what, see what this is all about. And then I see you've got you know, quite a following on, on social media and, and you've you got a, a great presence there and you have a lot of amazing photos and pictures. So it seems like you, you do a lot in, in terms of maybe some influencer stuff. Uh, but, uh, you know, I... I don't know. Some people know, and some people may not know. I was involved. I was a chiropractor for many years, and was actually in the med legal end for over half the career. And and uh, so I've done my share of depositions and some trials, and a lot of uh, uh, independent medical reviews and forensic file reviews and subrosa video review and stuff. But um, when I, when I saw this, I checked you out. And now, are you do primarily equine law, or do you do a, a little bit of few things? Uh, primarily equine law. And the, the interesting thing about equine law is it really encompasses all kinds of law, a criminal, family, tort law, uh, estates and trusts, business law. So yes, I am, I am now focusing on equine law, although I come from a background um, primarily of criminal and family law. So you've got people in your family that are attorneys as well. I do not, actually. Oh, yeah. I am the first attorney in our family, although um, I, you know that uh, there's a song called, a, a, I can't even remember the, the name of the song or who sings it, but it's something about a, a doctor and a lawyer and, um, and such. And my sister is actually a doctor and I'm a lawyer and my other sister is a business owner. So we get referred to that song a lot, actually. So although no lawyers, we have a lot of other cool things going on in my family. Uh, now, you're not referring to the Bellamy brothers. Uh, I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a movie star. That one? Or no? Uh, it's not that one. <laughs> Apparently, there's two. Um, and, and now it's gonna, it just plays me. I can't think of the name of that song right now. But apparently, there's two. So I, I have to go listen to that one as well and send it to my sisters. That's great. Well, you know, it's it's amazing. I I uh, you know, a lot of the uh, podcast interviews I've done, you know, just all the, you know, powerful, you know, women that, you know, start these businesses or, or in these careers, you know, and, and so here again, I am at another one. And I always, I always tell the guys, you know, we got to check our egos because these women are, uh, you know, doing, you know, great things. And, and it's just, it's just impressive. And it's always awesome to, you know, have you guys on and, and you know, hear your stories. Uh, and you sound like you've got a whole family full of women that are uh, powerful, powerful gals. I do, Dan. And I also, I have two wonderful younger brothers as well. But my parents raised all of us, um, and especially the, the three of us girls, 
to um, pursue a career so that we were able to take care of ourselves and, and had a good life independent of a man, although we have all found wonderful men in our lives, um, which just makes our lives even richer. So it really gave us a good foundation and set us in the right direction. And I think with that, we found uh, significant others who are of the same belief. That's great. That's great. Now, uh, you know, I was looking at uh, uh, some content you had on one of your sites, and it talks about the, the, the equine industry and how it's a 30, $39 billion industry. Um, and so when you talked about, you know, you, you cover all aspects of law, when, when you state that like that, it, it makes sense because you can have all kinds of different uh, things come up, you know, around horses or just the, the equine lifestyle. What, uh, what, what type, type of cases you see the most? What's, you know, uh, what's been some of the most interesting, you know, cases you've done, whatever you, whatever you want to share with us? Okay. Um, I guess, well, the first thing that's really interesting that you kind of touched on, Dan, um, that I'll, I'll touch on and then I'll get to those, the most interesting cases. Um, like you said, the horse industry is huge. In fact, the U.S. has the highest population of horses in the world. It's 9.2 million. And on the same side of that coin, the United States is the most litigious country. Um, and there are some different um, data on that. But it, it, regardless of where you get that source, it's in the top five, if not number one. So it's, it's very irrelevant. Equine law is very relevant to the world and the country that we live in. Um, and so, and even more amazingly, equine law or, other referred to, or otherwise referred to as animal law wasn't recognized by the American Bar Association until 2004. So it's really only 15 years old, so it's just a baby. Um, so with that comes a lot of um, education. So not only as a lawyer do I have to get educated on new things and new um, animal laws and horse laws, but educating the public and the Western lifestyle and horse people. Um, to answer your question specifically, a lot of the cases that I deal with most commonly are buyer and seller disputes. So a couple examples, um, I don't I don't want to give any of my examples because I have client confidences that I have to protect, but I'll use some celebrity cases that are kind of interesting. Um, Tom Selleck, for example, he bought a $120,000 horse for his daughter. And I don't know if she was, if it was a jump horse or dressage, it was in the English, the English discipline. Mm -hmm. um, and then come to find out the, trainer, seller, agent, I don't know who it was specifically, failed to disclose that this horse had had a medical history and had hawk injections the week before, um, that they, the week before they bought the horse. And so Tom Selleck sued for fraud and was successful in that. And $120,000 is a pricey horse. <laughs> and so issues like that with the buyer and the seller and um, the, the disagreements that come, are the most common thing. Um, the other thing that's really popular is like premise liability and horse associations and horse businesses and even individuals that are um, having people over to ride or they're hosting horse events and an accident happens. So these liability issues um, are really common too. And Dennis Quaid actually was sued, I think it was in 2012, um, for a horse accident that happened on his property. And he had told some people that they could ride on the trails on his property and the sprinklers came up and these horses just spooked and ran and the riders got into a lot of trouble and incurred a lot of injuries. And so he was sued uh, for that incident and that's a premise liability issue. So just within those two examples, you can see how horse law is really all-encompassing um, of criminal and civil and property law and it's really unique in that way um, and I'm so glad that the Bar Association has a recognized animal law um, and horse law is within that because as I as I told you with those statistics earlier it is huge and it is really relevant and 
we have to change the way we're thinking in the Western lifestyle and the horse industry so that we are considering all of these things. Yeah. It's interesting you say that too. You know, I, I, I was born and raised in California and lived there and I practiced there for years. And, and the way, you know, California went, it, it just seemed like, you know, you had to be careful with whatever you did because you're going to be held liable, particularly if, if there was any, any means to go after an insurance policy or someone had deep pockets or whatever. Uh, but I actually went to Texas um, back, I don't know, it was like 2013, and I saw the sign on one of the arenas there about, uh, you know, equine activities, uh, you know, are inherently dangerous. And, you know, you, you know this coming into it, and, and we bear no responsibility, uh, you know, for you partaking in it. And, I mean, that's, that's, it kind of just goes back to common sense and personal responsibility. I mean, like you said about horses and, and, and accidents and things happening, it's not – if they're going to happen, it's just when, I mean, that happens when you're around animals, no matter what. Um, so, uh, speak to that a little bit, just in terms of like, cause I, I just saw, um, that sign that, that, that Idaho's got it. I saw it on, on your uh, Facebook page about the equine activity sponsor, equine professionals, not liable for an injury, um, or death. Uh, you know, so say like you give somebody permission to ride on your property, but you have this posted, uh, you know, how, how valid is that? And does it, does it hold water in court? And, yeah, Dan, that question actually uh, depends. And I, I always joke as a lawyer, we always say it depends. Or you go to law school and you're asked a question and everyone says it depends and right. it depends. And so I hate to answer that with it depends, but it does. And then I'll caveat that by saying um, some other things that can answer that a little more directly. Um, but yes, 48 states in the United States have developed an equine liability law. Um, so like you mentioned, it's just, it just says that there are inherent, inherent risks and dangers in working with horses. Um, and so it relieves some of that liability from, um, say, the, person who, the person's property that you're riding on or the person's horse that you're riding, although not completely. Um, and I say that, but each state has a different equine liability law. So it's always important to um, make sure you're familiar with that liability law within your state because they're all just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. some, states, some states do require that there be a sign posted. Other states do not. Idaho is one of those states. And in Idaho, you do not have to post a sign. And uh, so regardless of whether someone sees it or not, you're still protected by that equine liability law if an accident were to happen. Um, but I always tell people, post it anyway, because it's, it can't hurt you. Um, it's right. really easy for people to get in an accident and say, no, I didn't see it. Right. But the chances of someone seeing it, if you put it in a visible place, can only help. So I, I, I'm always for putting it up. Um, the two states, um, I think currently that actually do not have equine liability laws. And I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I think they are Maryland and California. So um, with, with those laws, there's probably a little more exposure, or excuse me, with those states, there's probably a little more exposure to being in trouble for a horse accident. Yeah. Now, now how long have you been practicing? Oh, let's see. I was admitted to the Idaho Bar in 2016. So not a terribly long time. And I am actually in the, uh, in the process of getting admitted to the state of Montana because I have found that this equine law is huge. And just what we, with what we do and being involved in the horse industry um, and being a horse competitor, we have a lot of uh, friends and family and we're involved in a lot of associations. And so my network in, within the horse world is, is, is large and especially in Idaho and Montana. So that's my, my next step just so that I can not only educate Idaho and, and help Idaho horse people but I can also educate and help uh, Montana horse people. Yeah. Now, along with practicing uh, law as well, did I see somewhere that, that you um, are doing some uh, seminars or, or maybe uh, just informational uh, speaking or something, or, or did, I, did I misread that somewhere? 
You read that perfectly, Dan. I was invited to the Idaho Horse Expo. It's uh, in a couple weeks here uh-huh. to do uh, to do three seminars, one seminar each day uh, to do exactly what I was saying, just to educate people on things that they can do to stay out of trouble, uh, things that they can do to create better relationships with trainers and boarders and buyers and sellers. Um, And then one of those days is actually dedicated so that people can just come to me and bring their questions and I can answer those questions with lots of, it depends. Right. (laughs) So, no, hopefully I can give more specific answers than that. But as you know, from your experience with um, your, with the law, it it really does depend on a lot of little facts. So it's hard to give specific answers. Absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting too that you say that that it was only 2004 that they've recognized uh, this uh, you know this space of of equine uh, law or animal you know law. That's just yes. crazy. Yes, it's just a baby, and it's it really it dates back even in like the 16th century. French French courts prosecuted animals. I think there's a lot of stories in, in history with French courts prosecuting pigs. Um, <laughs> but laws started to develop and uh, an awareness about animals developed when the use and relationships with animals was more recognized by society um, as being really profound in our world. And so it's really changed a lot recently. Um, and the Western industry specifically, I know even on your website, Dan, I, I was looking and it said um, cowboys represent freedom, courage, toughness, and individualism. And that is so true in that being a cowboy comes with this amazing culture that you cannot find anywhere else. It's just amazing and it's a lifestyle and our kids live it and we live it and our grandparents live it. And so often we are, we deal on handshakes and a lot of people do, but it's especially in the, in the Western world. We just, we, we shake hands and you're good on your word. And, and that's how most people, I'd say 90% of people sell and buy horses. It's just on a handshake. Um, and so the law is, I just, the law needs to be more prevalent in that. And, and, and it's hard because the culture just, hasn't done that before. And I think that that's something that people need to consider and learn about and implement into their own lives. For years, FSR Cattle Company has been known for their premium roping cattle, used and endorsed by multiple world champions and NFR qualifiers. But did you know that FSR is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels, from professional team roping to the novice level? A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at fsrcattlecompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222 and let us help find your next winner. Again, that's fsrcattlecompany.com. Yeah, and you know, it's really interesting too. It's super refreshing to me just to hear, you know, what I'm hearing from you uh, and looking at the statistics with, you know, I, I didn't realize that the United States was, had the largest population of horses and and so on and so forth. That, that just tells me too that, you know, the Western lifestyle and culture and everything is, it's growing. And, and just the fact that they've, they've just recognized the animal or equine law here just as just in 2004, um, you know, with, with, with all the things we know that, you know, advancements and, 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 and things, it brings a lot of challenges, but it's also good because it just shows that you know, this industry is still growing and it's going to continue to grow. Oh, Absolutely. I think the number of Americans that are involved in the horse industry, um, and this of course is just horses in general, so racing, equine, Western, everything, Mm -hmm. is 7.1 million. 
So that is, that is really, really significant. That is a lot of horse people running around our world. Right. And so it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting because, uh, the last uh, little town that we lived in in California in the valley there called Knights. And when we moved to that, there was actually, there was actually more horses in Knights than there was uh, people. So. <laughs> wow. Yes. I, at one point I heard in Idaho too, and I have no idea how true this is. It could just be a huge rumor, but I heard in Idaho, there were like one horse for every four people or something like that in Idaho. So it's, it's I love those. I love that horses are so prevalent in our world. Yeah, that's so great. So now, um, so were you raised in a ranching family or just around horses your whole life? Or I have been around horses my whole life. There, my mom grew up on a ranch in Cascade, Idaho, and she was a rodeo queen, and she rodeoed, and her horse was Pepper. And I grew up riding Pepper. My sisters did too. And then at one point, Pepper had died. And my mom and my dad at the time had moved to uh, a, town, a, a house in town. And Pepper was in our backyard. And I still just, or I, I guess I should say before Pepper died, we had moved into town and Pepper was in our backyard. And eventually he died. And all I wanted was a horse. I wanted to get back into horses. And so we did. And now we have a lot of horses. And uh, my parents are in horses, and of course, my husband and I are in horses, and we rodeo, and my, ho- my husband is a roper. Um, we have cattle, we, excuse me, we have cattle for the purpose of roping, but other than that, we don't, we don't ranch, we, we do it as our hobby. Um, my husband also has a full-time job outside of horses, and so um, we do that we we work so that we can ride it's our passion in our our life and really what keeps our heart our heart pounding yeah absolutely now um are are you still competing in barrel racing now or i am i have been getting my horse legs up they are all big fur balls and covered (laughs) in mud because our snow has melted here in idaho and it is just so muddy, but um, I am going to rodeo again this year. Um, I'm going to do some pro rodeos here in our area. Um, and my husband does a lot of team roping. We have a pretty big team roping presence here in Pocatello, Idaho, where we live. And he's also um, into the into the World Series, so we'll do a little bit of traveling for that as well. But we both have um, some goals with that, and our son we have a three-year-old son is just roping crazy he just he and it's amazing when you start start those kids young with ropes in their hands how good they are he it just amazes me how well that kid can handle a rope <laughs> you know it's funny you say that because I, I just i did a, a podcast yesterday with uh, junior d's and he was talking about how you know all he did was rope on the ground uh up until he was six and um he just roped everything and it's, it's, it's funny, but it's, I don't know what it is. You know, you just kind of get drawn to it. I don't know. There's just a magnetism about, about getting that rope in your hand. Uh, I just love, love to hear that. Yes, it really is. And I, I will admit that even my husband has gotten a rope in my hand and <laughs> I've started and I have a, uh, a gelding a palomino that i've done a lot of reining and reining cow and cutting on and we don't have much of that here in pocatello and it's um just hard to access so kind of we're we're transitioning this horse into a heel horse and of course i want to ride him because he's my horse and so and so that's my goal one of my goals for this year is to start entering some some jackpots and get on my my palomino diesel and try to catch a few steers so so are you are you going to start healing did you say you think you want to heal or head yes i want i want to heal and does your husband because of my horse Uh, right right (laughs) and what what's what's in does your husband rope mostly he he mostly heads so so there it is husband and wife uh you know when like the number nine or ten or something at the world series 
There you go. Yeah. I think I have a lot of catching up to do to get to that <laughs> point, but I, I can definitely shoot for that. And that would be a dream come true, but he is, he's good. And I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Hey, well, so let's, let's talk about this for a minute here. Um, you're, your Instagram feed. I mean, uh, it's no secret. I mean, I love social media because it allows us to do, you know, this, but your Instagram feed is, is, is awesome. You're obviously, you know, have a big following. Uh, you, you do some, uh, do you do some of these, uh, photos and stuff for some companies? Uh, I mean, how'd you get started with that? What, what, you know, spawned this whole, this whole deal? <laughs> Courtroom cowgirl is my handle, as you mentioned, Dan, and, it actually started because um, my first job out of law school was as a public defender. And as a public defender, I was in the court daily and sometimes hours and hours every single day. And being a cowgirl and loving turquoise and cowboy boots, I would always uh, put a little Western twist on my outfit. And it got, a, it, it got a lot of attention and people would always comment about my cowboy boots or my jewelry. And so I just said, hey, I'm just going to start sharing this. And so Courtroom Cowgirl began um, by me just sharing some of the outfits that I was wearing in the courtroom. Um, and it kind of morphed into more of sharing my lifestyle. So there are still a lot of outfits on there, um, professional outfits with Western flair that I, I wear while I work. Uh, but there's also a lot of my kids and of our horses and roping and some of our, our home and our decor and our land. And so it's really just kind of morphed into all of that. And yes, I work with a lot of companies, um, whether it's clothes or arenas. We worked with Red River Arenas, which is the arena we have or um, some horse supplements. I do a lot of that and share my experiences with those products or the clothes on my Instagram as well. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. So now, do you, uh, do you have a, a, an office in town? Uh, or do you, do you, are you able to work from home or with your, with your law practice? How's that work? Both. I have an office. It's actually in the same building as my husband's office, which is nice. Um, but because I am self-employed, I get to work from home a lot. And I love that. It's actually, um, it's, it's kind of one of my goals just to have the freedom and flexibility in, in a career. And I've been really picky about my career choices just because my goals and what I want to do with my life are really defined. And I think even sometimes to my husband's dismay, a job opportunity that was really safe or, or even a job that was really safe didn't align with my goals. And so I, I, I said no. And I have left some secure jobs because I have a, a vision of what I want. And they didn't fit that. Um, and so having the flexibility and the freedom to work at home and work as much or as little as I want and have the time with my children and my horses and the time to barrel race and rodeo is, is it for me. Um, there was a time after my public defender job, uh, I worked for a private firm and this private firm, um, wanted me to work 60 hours a week and they just wanted billable hours, billable hours. And I think most people who have worked with lawyers or if you are a lawyer, you're very familiar with the billable hour. <laughs> um, but it was to the point, yeah, I was to the point Dan, where I couldn't, my son got out of daycare or I should say the daycare closed at six thirty, and I, they didn't want me to go pick up my son. And I had, I had no choice. I had to go pick my son up from daycare. My husband travels a lot with his, with his work and I have to go get my son, yeah. but I wasn't needing their hours. Um, and so picking my son up from daycare was an issue, let alone when I wanted to leave early on a Friday or a Wednesday to go to a barrel race or a rodeo. Yeah. And that job was just, 
it didn't, it didn't do it for me. I was going to work my life away and I wasn't going to have the time with my family or with my horses. And so I said, bye. I said, this isn't in it for me. And, um, and it's just, I, I'm going, I'm going to go after my dreams. And if it didn't fit, it didn't fit. And so what I am doing now, I am working part time. And I will just say this. Um, I received an opportunity last week and I inter- interviewed for this opportunity. Um, and although it's not set in stone and I haven't gotten word that I was, um, that I will get this opportunity. Um, if my law firm is um, successful in getting this contract and this little bit of work, I will be making more working part time for my own law firm than I made working 60 hours a week full time for the private law firm. Right. So I tell you that and my heart is just like beaming with joy because (laughs) so many people have um, discouraged me and not of their own fault, but just out of safety or a way of thinking. Right. Um, But they've discouraged me from leaving those safe positions because of the unknown. And here I am and I've left those positions and I am so happy in my decision. And like I said, I'm just probably days away from the possibility of making more money than at those full-time jobs and still working part-time. So it just makes me happy. And if there's one message I can tell people or um, send through this conversation with you, Dan, it is that. And, and that is just to, don't let dic- other people dictate your path and stand up for who you are. And if that means leaving secure jobs and secure things to go pursue what you want to do, then do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't agree more. You know, I mean, I, I, I stopped practicing uh, er, earlier than I um, really ever needed. I mean, I could still be practicing now, but it's just, and I loved it when I did it, but uh, I wanted to do other things. And I, I agree with you 110%. And, and it's not easy to, to do that. Um, and it takes risk, but, uh, you know, you know, however, how everybody is nowadays, everybody posts everything on, you know, social media, you know, no risk, no reward, all those things. And it, but it's true. You know, um, it's a lot different. It's a lot different when you're actually doing it than just stating it, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. You are so right. And my, um, I, I will preface all of that I just said by saying that, of course, I have a family and I have children and we need to keep a roof over our heads and and clothes on our back and food on the table. Um, And part of the reason I was able to do that and just leave a safe, secure job is because I have the help of my husband who who himself has developed his own business that is really successful. And so, you know, without him, I, I would have probably done it a little bit different right? Um, because that might have been too risky. Um, but given our situation, making that change and that transition was, was it for me. And now we're seeing the rewards and it's just, it makes me so grateful. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. It's, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing like when you do take that risk and you step out and, and things do work out. It's very, very rewarding. It really is. And, you know, approval keeps us bound, whether it's your parents or your friends or your employer, or sometimes even your significant other, it keeps you bound. And you just have to follow your own path, not other people's path. And I had done that my whole life. I've always been really stubborn and (laughs) set in my ways. And I've had really, really big goals for myself. Um, I've had people tell me that they didn't think that I should go to law school or that they didn't think the legal lifestyle was for me. And you know what? I, I didn't listen. I just, if anything, I'm the kind of person who you tell me I can't do something and, and I'll go do it. So, Oh yeah. There's that, there's that grit right there. I love that. That's right. <laughs> well, thanks. So, so with, with, with some of these other companies that you do stuff for, do you, do you, do you have a, a favorite brand of, of, you know, clothing line or something or, or do you like love them all or? I have loved 
I, I really love everyone that I've worked with. Um, I think one of the most profound businesses that I have worked with, with Courtroom Cowgirl, uh, is Kimes Ranch. I have just been blown away by their business and their products and how profound their presence is in the Western industry. Um, we, and I wear their clothes all the time and I do a lot of blogging for them and I share their photos on my Instagram. I was even invited to a party that they had in, in conjunction with the NFR last December. And I got to meet everyone that I had been kind of talking to. And, uh-huh. and that's the amazing thing about Instagram, as you know, is you have so many friends and you meet so many amazing people, many of whom you never meet. And so it was really neat to connect with um, those people from Kimes and so many other people, including influencers and other brands. Uh, it's just Instagram is really amazing. I mean, that's, I, I think that's why you and I are sitting here today, Dan, is because of Instagram. So. Oh, a- absolutely. Um, and it's interesting you bring up Kimes Ranch because I, I learned about their jeans. I, I'm thinking it was maybe 2013 was the first time, I believe. Um, and, and I'd seen them and what really caught my eye was, well, I love the, you know, the, their logo. I thought the logo was super cool. And, uh, you know, in fact, in fashion, you know, I think we're always, everybody's always looking for, you know, something that's different, something that's new, something that's edgy, no matter, no matter who you are or, or you know, whatever. I mean, whatever we wear every day, we put on, it's kind of, it's a statement about us and, and that's just the way it is. But they had a little pocket for your, for your knife on the side, which was really cool. I thought. And um, I remember I, I ordered a couple of pairs back then, and I, I believe I had to call in on my order, and I think that they were on the road doing shows or something. But I, it was one of the dads or father-in-laws or something that answered the phone that I talked to back then, and um, it's been it's been great, like you say, to, to see that company grow. And a matter of fact, I've you know I've connected with uh, Rasp Designs with the Melanie out there, and and they're really good friends with them, and I've been working to get them on the podcast too. So maybe. Maybe after they hear us, maybe we'll be able to get them on the podcast, uh, uh, the Kimes Ranch, because they've they've really they've really uh, really created quite a presence. Yes, they really have. They um, and I love that you know they're all of all of their products are made in the U.S. and they're a, a family-owned family, or excuse me, a family-owned business. Yeah, probably a family-owned family too. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> uh, they they're a they're a neat business. And you mentioned Rast Designs. I also am very fond of. Um, Melanie and Rask Designs. They are, again, a really awesome business that's just kind of followed their dreams and taken the whole opportunity that they've had with their Rask jewelry by storm and they're going for it. And I just, I love the uniqueness and I've had an opportunity to work with them. Just last month, they um, sent me a lot of products to shoot and wear to an event and they are a wonderful company as well. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just very cool how how you know like like we were saying how connected, you know, this the whole industry is and 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 like you said, I mean everybody I've connected with has been through really social media and Instagram. And we were at the at the NFR this year and there was I didn't even count, but there was probably, you know, 10 people there that had booths there that that I'd had on the podcast, you know. So I was able to meet them there, which was really really kind of a cool deal. So, um, yes. Yes. And I know you recently interviewed Renee Cowley as well. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. she, she, she and I, uh, we, uh, connected on Instagram, I don't know, over a year ago or something like that. And we just instantly hit it off. And as you know, she's a cowgirl and a barrel racer and yes. has this business side. She's a lobbyist. And so we just, we just were magnetized to each other because of that and instantly hit it off. Um, and even to this day, we have not met. We talk all the time and <laughs> I would consider Renee one of my best friends and I go to her for advice. And when I was um, preparing my speeches for the Idaho Horse Expo that's happening in two weeks, I would run my ideas by her. Um, and so she's really become a confidant, even though I've never met her. And amazingly enough, Dan, she, she and I were talking about this horse expo and she just decided to come. So she's going to come up from Utah to Idaho and we're finally going to meet in person, even though I felt like I've met her in person and, you know, we've been friends for so long. So it's, 
it'll be neat to finally hang out with her actually sitting in my chair, not just on Instagram or text or phone call. Right. But it's just amazing the people, the the people that you meet and the things that Instagram and, and any social media or online presence can, can do for you. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, just like we talked earlier before we started recording, just when I started the podcast, I wasn't sure, you know, what it was going to do, but it's literally connected people around the world, you know, just, uh, just from, you know, the podcast and, uh, I get messages all the time and, and people that I've had on they've say people reached out and, you know, because they heard them, you know, or they, you know, bought products from them because they heard it. So it's just, it's just, a, it's a great, great tool. You know, it's, uh, we hear, we hear negative stuff, you know, about social media, but it's like any other tool, you know, you use it right and, and you can build great things with it. And I think that, uh, I think that more of that happens than not. Yeah, absolutely. Just like you were saying about, you know, you know, the kinds and you know, Melanie and so do I, and it's the whole seven degrees of separation. I think that social media makes that even, even less or even more yeah. powerful either it, way. Exactly. Well, that I, it's funny you say that because someone said to me the other day, um, you know, it used to be six degrees of separation or whatever. And they say now with social media, you're like, uh, you know, it's like two degrees or something like that. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not surprised to hear that at all. That is amazing. Yeah. So it's two degrees of separation between me and Dolly Parton, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's so, Hey, do you, do you have a, do you have a, a favorite hat brand or boot brand that you wear? Or? Yes, I um, again, I, I love my Kimes hat. There's one in particular that I wear all the time. It's like this denim version. It's a really unique build. And I just got connected with a company. They're called CC Custom Designs. And um, they are making these really awesome hats. They start by choosing unique styles of, of build. Um, and they have all sorts of them. Um, from the flat bill and the foam and and then they add these awesome logos logos um, and I think their logos are pretty much all done in leather and so they've got um, they've got words and then they've got like mountains and elk and horses and steers and all sorts of stuff and uh, my husband and I always we we have, we have very similar taste in hats and so oftentimes we get sent awesome hats and it's almost a fight to see who gets to wear the hat. <laughs> and so another company that I really like is Horse, Horse Thief Supply Company. And um, Natalie from Horse Thief Supply Company sent me this hat once. And it's, it's just a kind of a, I don't know, a Remington, or I can't think of the, the name of the, um, the style of the hat, but just kind of a more popular style. And her logo is on it, and it's cream with a mesh back. And my husband and I literally argued about who got to wear this hat. <laughs> so one day he won the argument and he goes out in the dirt and is doing whatever he does, roping and feeding horses and feeding cows. And um, he comes in and there's like a sweatband around it. <laughs> and so I gave the, that hat up on, at that moment. Um, and then I went and ordered another one, the same exact hat. And same thing. He wore it outside, wore it to death. And it is again, got a ring of sweat and dirt around it. So, um, I guess I've conceded a couple hats to my husband, but we, uh, we, we love our ball caps and, <laughs> and those are a few of our, of our favorite, but. That's great. How about, how about boots? You have a boot brand that you like or. I'm an Ariat girl. Okay. I I ride in I ride in Ariat. I think my husband does too, and they're kind of my go-to. Although I am a rodeo queen reject, and that I am now too old to be a rodeo queen. So that's what <laughs> that's what I call myself. Um, but during my rodeo queen days, I collected a plethora of ro of boots. You know how the girls always have the same color boots with their dresses and their pants. And so I've got it in pink and white and red and turquoise and yellow and white and dark blue. And so I've kind of developed 
these boots and wear them a lot and they're kind of funky and bold and I fold down the top and um they I don't know it's it's funny I, I wear some crazy boots but the Ariats are my go-to especially for writing you know I noticed I noticed that in that one picture that you know you had you had the boots rolled down and I thought how'd she get those boots rolled down that had to be an awful, awful soft top <laughs> or she had to get them worn in quite a bit or something yes if those are those light blue boots yeah. Uh, they, I think they're, I'm trying to think of the brand of those ones, but they are really, really old and they match a interview dress that I wore <laughs> when I tried out for and won the Dodge National Circuit Finals Rodeo Queen Contest when it was here in Pocatello. Oh my gosh. And as you probably know, it has since moved to Florida. Um, but I had to have been like maybe 14 or 15. And I wore those boots. It did take some wrangling to get those tops down, Dan, but yeah. I wore those boots to the NFR, and I am a big fan of Tyson Durfee, and Tyson Durfee was having an autograph session, and um, I wore those boots and had him sign sign my boots on, on that cuff that's folded down. So now they're special to me in, in more ways than that, but I just think, I think Tyson is a remarkable person who's making waves in the rodeo and Western industry. And I think you've had him on the show too, haven't uh, you? Yeah, I have. And, and it's funny you say that because we've never met in person now, but he and I are, uh, are, are pretty good friends and we talk quite a bit and text quite a bit. And, uh, and, uh, so yeah, he's, he's a great guy. And, and, uh, like you say, it's, it's, it's the up and coming culture, you know, and, and the things that Tyson's doing, that's going to help, uh, you know, again, promote the sport of rodeo and Western lifestyle and culture mm -hmm. and bring it into the, into this next, uh, you know, generation. And, uh, yeah, but I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. And they just had a new baby yeah. too. Just had a new little girl. So yes, yes, I saw that. I, uh, I do, I follow them very closely on social media and yeah. he's well aware of that. I told him <laughs> that when I met him. So <laughs> But um, I just, his, the way he inspires people, it's just, it's, it's not very common. I, I feel like in the rodeo world yet. And right. he is, just, he just makes you want to pull your, your boots up by the straps and get going and, yep. and go, go accomplish and go accomplish the world. Yep. Yep. No, exactly. So I, I, yeah, I admire him. Absolutely. Well, hey, Stephanie, we're getting close to the end of our time here. Um, best places for people to uh, to follow you and, and uh, contact you about uh, uh, any type of um, equine law or law questions they might have? Yes. the um, Probably the best place where I have the biggest presence is on Instagram. Um, at Courtroom Cowgirl is my handle for more of the influencing stuff I do and sharing my, my Western lifestyle. Um, at Griffey Law is my handle for my, my law firm. Um, and I do, I share uh, some tips about law, equine law related things. So it's kind of neat to check out just for that. Um, but either of those are good places to contact me, including um, I have websites courtroomcowgirl.com and griffylawfirm.com and also you can find those same handles on Facebook so I'm pretty easy to find I've got email addresses on there and I would I would love for people to reach out and connect with more people so I'm just very grateful for this opportunity Dan and I appreciate everything that you've done for the western world and people who are who are going about this world and need to connect or learn or get inspired or anything. So you, you're doing something really neat. Well, I appreciate that, Stephanie. I really do. And um, I, thanks again for, for coming on. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot and uh, it's exciting. It's going to be exciting to, you know, watch you grow in your career and we'll, we'll find out here probably shortly if, if, if your deal goes through that uh, we're excited for you about that too. Oh, thank you so much. Either way, if it does or if it doesn't, I am just, I'm, I'm very grateful to be doing what I'm doing and following my dream. So I am, I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks again, Steph. I really appreciate it. And then uh, we'll be in touch. 
Okay. Thank you, Dan. You have a great day. You too. Hey, I want to thank all of our listeners and sponsors of the show. Without you, the show would not be possible. We so appreciate the reviews and ratings, which increases awareness in our effort to grow the fan base of the cowboy, rodeo, and Western lifestyle culture. If you are new to the show or have been a listener for a while and have just not had the opportunity to rate and review the podcast, it's really simple. Just trot your pony over to the iTunes Apple Podcast, click on the show, scroll down to rate and review, and give us a five-spur rating. The podcast is available on Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as many other platforms where you listen to podcasts. Just type Modern Cowboy Podcast into the search bar to subscribe, listen, rate, and review. And if you are interested in being a sponsor of the show to showcase your business, DM us on Instagram at Modern Cowboy Podcast or message us on our website, www.moderncowboypodcast.com. And we'll tell of you lie. Kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems. Yeah, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. Yeah, we don't do it for the money. Yeah, we're always broke. Just ask Clint what he paid a rope. Now he's lost a dozen wives. Half the fingers on his hands to the rope and pin. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. You can talk smack, you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends. No matter who we win. Turn another pin of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the roping pen Down at the roping